everybody, and welcome back to Point of Origin, episode 11, the show where we learn that human orgifa, all teenagers suck. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... I can't <laughs> argue with that. I, know, I was a teenager I, right, once, I, I remember. I, I know that I suck. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know that I was definitely a, uh, I think handful's the nicest word I can come up with. Oh, my mom called me a bitch. Oh, no, my mom <laughs> called me plenty of words, but I, I, I ignore most of what she says about me. No, she told me to my face after. She's like, yeah, when you were 13, you were a bitch. I mean, I feel like most teenagers are, like, regardless of gender, regardless of species, apparently. God knows, uh, oh shit, what's his name? Ryak. Ryak. Yeah. Ryak's a little shit. Well, I mean, he has reason to be, but also not. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, human puberty is hell. I can't imagine oh, how God. rough Jaffa puberty is. Yeah, no, that can't be good. Especially when you, uh, die if you don't get a snake. That's, so. that's Jaffa puberty for Yeah, him. that's, that's pretty shit. Anyway, uh, I'm Liz. And I'm Mel. Oh man, I like how this one, okay, so it still falls within that, um, can we say, you know, we keep saying it sounds like a bunch of middle schoolers. Wrote it. Writing this. Yeah. This one definitely sounds like a middle schooler who found what the uh, thesaurus button. Oh no. Oh no. It's uh <laughs> with the proviso. Proviso? I've only ever read that word. So with the proviso that he bring back a Goa'uld larva for study, Tilk returns to Chulak to stop the Goa'uld from enslaving his son Ryak. Trouble is, Ryak needs a larva to survive, and the only one available is Tilk's. Duh. That's it. That's that's a fair Yeah. But that just that first word is just like found the thesaurus button. I know, Good like job. why that word? Why? I, I don't think I've heard that word I mean it's not like it's a bad word to use or anything. I just don't think I've actually heard no, yeah. I don't think I've ever read that word in the last five or six years. Yeah. I think it's just not something you see a lot. <laughs> I mean, in terms of uh incomplete sentences, it actually is complete. Did you actually say what the episode title is? God damn it. <laughs> I think you, like, muttered it when you found probably, it. Probably. Probably. <laughs> I'm so bad at this. I'm just here to be a shit. That's well, all it is. Well, okay, she read the synopsis. We're watching Bloodlines Episode today. 10. Bloodlines. There you go. I was proud of myself for, like, 20 seconds when we started this. That's all that matters. They did that a couple times with the, the two two Jaffa, one snake yeah. storyline. They did oh, that again yeah. with uh, Braytac Oh, later. God, that one's so that good, though. That was good, though. No, oh it's not God. a bad episode, but it is kind of an amusing to me when they use... Oh, can we just skip that kind of to Window of, Window of Opportunity? yeah. Well, I mean, let's see. I love that. That's so far. That's season even, five. Is it, yeah, it's not even Wait, season... Wait, no, season six. Is, God, is it really that far? It's the season Daniel's not in, technically. Oh, uh, yeah. I guess you're right. Mm-hmm. So we're actually making our way. Yeah, we're... This is the halfway that's, point. Yeah, that's it. That, Once that's, we finish this episode, uh, we're halfway through the season one. Yeah. Ah, shit. Episode 20 is politics. I know. Ah, <laughs> uh, I know. <laughs> Ooh, but episode 19 is there for, there but for the grace of God. Yeah, I know. I love that one. I love But do you know how God. many writers are on politics? How many could possibly required, be required? Oh, God. I looked it up, and I was like, that's atrocious. If it's more than two, then I'm gonna cry. It's it's more than two. Why? <laughs> you, there are movies out there that have one. <laughs> you don't need... <laughs> well, I mean, isn't it a pretty good rule of thumb? Thumb? Thumb. thumb isn't thumb, it a thumb. pretty good rule of thumb that when you see more than, like, two writers on a, a script, it's bad? I'm pretty sure the uh, Game of Thrones finale had, like, four writers, so that would explain a lot. <laughs> I'm not excited for As a Party. No. No, thanks, thanks for prefacing that for me. <laughs> like, I, I'm just gonna go into this going, like, yep, this sucks. <laughs> and my pen's dead, so I was gonna have to, I was gonna use this during the episode, but I have to charge it instead. Oh, no. I know, the horror. 
Turns out, uh, Ryak is not a little shit yet. No. <laughs> we were wrong about that episode. I genuinely forgot he was in more than one episode. It's, yeah, like, rationally I knew that there had to be more than one, but for some reason I was only thinking of that little asshole one. Yeah, god, because he's so bad in that one. Seriously, he's just, yeah. But he's actually cute and has, like, three lines in this yeah. one. Yeah. Well, because he's, like, he's not even a teenager, really, in this. Yeah, he's, no, he's, he's a tween. He's, like, 11 or something. I don't know. They I don't think he's age, but well, he looks a lot. I always kind of figured like twelve or thirteen. Let me rephrase. I was thinking this episode like twelve or thirteen because it seemed more like the prim test. I Seems knew like I, a puberty moment. I knew the cat would come out as soon as she heard our voices. Hi. Um, but seemed more like um. Oh my a god. Puberty thing? Yeah, no, not just that. Um, bar mitzvah. Seemed like like oh, yeah, bar, yeah. bar mitzvah type thing, like becoming a man type thing, becoming like you know, girl becomes a woman kind of thing. So it's um. Not just puberty, but like the whole coming of age ceremony style, yeah. and that's thirteen yeah, yeah. for Jewish people. So I guess but I'm figuring twelve or thirteen. If he was thirteen, he was a tiny thirteen. I don't know, man. I remember when I was a senior in high school. Granted, this is a long time ago, but I remember being a senior in high school and seeing that wave of freshmen coming in, going, <laughs> "Were we really that little?" <laughs> like, you'd be surprised how young kids look. Troy, your timing as always is impeccable. Don't be cute. <laughs> Come here. Get off the cable. No. This is her job now. Okay, so. <laughs> she's not going to stay there. Nah, she's really not. Anyway, yeah, so it seemed like a younger kid. Yeah, he, he honestly, I would put him at like 11. Yeah, I mean, I can see it. Especially like the way he was talking. He just he just He did see that. That, like that was a very childlike, wasn't it? Yeah. Either way, not the episode we were thinking of. So our joke doesn't work. But I mean, it's it. still true. Yeah, it's still true. Just true later. <laughs> Okay, so let's go ahead and get started, I think. Yeah. All right. Bloodlines uh, was written by... So this is another one where it's like... The story was by Mark Sar- Saraceni. Saraceni, yeah. I, I don't know. And the <laughs> teleplay was by Jeff King. Now, Jeff King, I believe, did Cold Lazarus, I think? Yeah, Jeff King sounds familiar. He's one we liked. Um, yeah, Jeff King was Cold Lazarus. So he has a thing about families, apparently. Cause, I mean, when you have a niche, go with it. Yeah, why not? They they probably went like Mark Saracini was like, here, I have this story idea, and they looked at Jeff King's story for Cold Lazarus, like, hey, you want to do this one? Uh, in in uh, worse news, we have a return director in the form of Azapardi. In the form of what the fuck was that? Some of those cinematography choices. I feel like his directing gets worse with each episode. What I love is that he threw in, like, that little fight scene at the end. Not there only, were, like, so many random cuts. Not just all the thousands of cuts. It was the fact that, like, three of them were for some... Something un... Were, like, weirdly angled for no reason. Like, non-justifiably. Like, it was literally just straight shot, straight shot. He, random angle shot, straight shot, straight shot. He like, had that- one cut that lasted two seconds. Showing one of the guys getting back up from getting thrown. <laughs> Not getting back up and, like, going in for another attack. Just getting back up. Who cares who that... Who, he, he's probably, like, a PA that just got dressed in that costume for five minutes. Who cares? Get off of him. Yeah, that was... It just... It wasn't good. 
Honestly, the actors kind of did their own thing in this episode. Like, I honestly didn't even sense, like, any directing. Listen, I've been- Like, not in a good way. More like in the he was asleep at the wheel way. I feel like since Broken Divide, we've been seeing the actors taking a lot of initiative yeah, on their Yeah, but there's taking initiative and then there's being forced to take initiative. <laughs> True. And this felt more like the second one. Yeah. Like I said, I think as a part, it's getting worse. Yeah. Because- we thought he was actually good for um the pilot for children. Yeah, children gods. that's just surprising to me. And then we had that atrocious freeze frame at the end of Brief Candle, and now this whole episode was poorly directed. Just mm. you know what makes me think of that freeze frame? So there's that episode of Supernatural in season six where they uh, are in the alternate universe where Supernatural is just a TV show. Oh, like the French do. Yeah, it's called the French uh, French mistake. Oh, the French mistake. Isn't yeah, it? Okay. yeah. I knew I love, French was in it. Yeah, but what I love about it is, you know, when they uh, are first transported to that universe, they're, you know, they're, they're other, there are other versions of them were just doing a stunt through a window. Mm-hmm. And, of course, because they were coming through at that moment, it fucks up the shot. Of course. It's all like, you know, phys- for, you know, it cuts out and they can't get it. And they're like, okay, so we could either, you know, just take like two hours to redress the scene and they can do it again. Or we could freeze frame. Oh, no. And the director just goes, Freeze frame. <laughs> Season six. Oh no! It's <laughs> just that moment where no one's happy with freeze framing. <laughs> it just that's what makes me think of it. It's just because freeze frame. It's not good. <laughs> you know, I didn't get nearly as far in Supernatural, and unlike Sherlock, that is a show I plan to actually go back and finish. But from my memory, I can't think of free any freeze frame happening in Supernatural. I mean, there has to be at least one. But I can't think if it, of it wasn't done as a joke. Oh well, I honestly don't know. I just don't know. I just it's been so long. It's been because so I'm sure there was a freeze frame in that one. Um, the the second time they had to deal oh. with Gabriel when Gabriel was just throwing them through all the different TV yeah, genres. I love that one. I'm sure there was a freeze frame in that one, but like genuine directing choices having a freeze frame. I yeah. don't remember Supernatural having one. No, no. The, the, the good thing about that episode is just made me think. Like, so every time you do see a freeze frame, it's because something else happened and that's all they could do. So, like, I want to give him... There's no excuse I for want, the freeze frame at the end of party Candle. Excuse. What could have freaking happened? I don't know. Ha- I don't like, know. I don't know. Nothing. Nothing could have happened. The only There's thing no that excuse. could explain a freeze from happening in that moment is if a second after that see- after that freeze frame, all of Richard Dean Anderson's old man makeup just off. fell off. <laughs> just all of a sudden schluffed off. Yeah. Like, just, like, like, his face melted. Remember Friends where uh, they give... Uh, Joey a fake foreskin? No. Oh, with the meat! Yeah, and then at the very end of the episode it falls off. Yes, you just yes, need yes. to see it plunk. Maybe it's like that. Maybe like the shot happened and he just went plunk. So let's uh let's actually start talking about this this yeah. episode. Uh starting with as a party's atrocious directing. Yeah, no, just nope. That left much to be desired. Oh god. So basically dream uh dream. Dream's having a tilk sequence. Dream's having a tilk sequence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right. All right. Teal's having a dream sequence. There we go. That sounds more like a sentence. And those can already be kind of hard to film in a, in a non cliche awful way. As a party does not prove his stuff here. <laughs> it's like it's just like a million quick cuts and this really invasive <laughs> noise every <laughs> cut. <laughs> and this is exactly what it is. Just zoom <laughs> zoom. And basically the whole, the, the 
dream sequence is like this mess of like flashing here, flashing there, blah, 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 blah. Basically, what happens in the dream sequence is Teal'c dreams of going back home and finding his son already with, although we don't know this at the time, we just see him walk in on a child in a... <laughs> Yeah, he's just like that's another word. It's like he's what just is circling, going on? Like, he's yeah. circling like a fucking buzzard, watching this child. And they don't explain why. <laughs> he's just circling. Yeah, because he's circling like he's doing it as a first prime, not like he. Because he looks like he's in a first prime position in this dream at first. So basically, he's watching as like a kid is getting indoctrinated. His own gold, Lara put in, and then suddenly Teal's the one on the table, getting a gold put in him, and then it just like keeps flashing. Abruptly and horribly between the two of them. Yeah, this one should come with a uh, an epilepsy warning. Oh God, yeah, it should have. Oof. Uh, and it it ends with him yelling Ryak and waking up, like dramatically as shit too. Ryak, Ryak, Ryak. It's like cheerleader much. Okay. And he wakes up and he's in that little operating um operating suite. Yeah, the operating suite with the little observation window. observation window above. And they were trying to remove his larva and replace it with some sort of medicine to see if there was a way to take his um, dependence on the larva yeah. away. Slash have a larva to experiment with. I'm sure that was definitely not not part of it. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely an improvement. Uh, it did not work. And no. <laughs> this is little kitty paws. So it didn't work. Daniel, in the little observation chamber... Uh, gets on the microphone and is like, hey, you were uh, yelling something, Ryak? Does that mean anything? To which, I know here on it, I, I love it when anything ever does this, is that super long, heavy pause before the person responds. No. no. <laughs> like, yeah, that's all in the up and up. Sure, it won't lie. goes, it does not. <laughs> it means nothing. It means nothing. It's like, yeah, I, I'm, not that I don't believe you, big guy, but I don't believe you. Mm-hmm. Mostly because of this really long, drawn-out silence. Mm-hmm. It's like, I love that atomic blonde where it's like, um, the French operative give you anything, and she she's pausing and pausing and pausing. And then she, he asks, like, four times before she finally goes, no, she gave me nothing. I'm like, you're so bad at this lying thing for a spy. I know. So, yeah, same kind of feeling here. Where it's like, dude, if you're gonna lie, do a better job. <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah, so Teal'c lies to them. <laughs> Badly. <laughs> And then and they seem to buy it, which is hysterical. Because they're friends. Oh, they're naive. <laughs> or they're just being like, well, Tail could tell us eventually. Right. Uh, so then there's a... It's not a mission briefing. I guess it's like a, an after briefing about the failed yeah. operation thing, more or less. Uh-huh. Where they're talking about how it didn't work out and everything. And discussing the fact that if they could figure out how um, Teal's dependence on the larva works then they could actually do great things for earth medicine yeah because it's an immune system yeah one thing i just realized though it's um i'm not i don't i definitely don't think they were going for this but it does definitely say something about how they don't really consider yet they don't really consider teal like a person with his own rights and everything because for example like let's say it was anybody else this is actually something the show does a couple times over thankfully not just with teal but it's just more of a focus in my mind with him He's getting his, you know, larva played with. Mm-hmm. There's absolutely no justifiable reason for the entire crew to be watching that. No, that's um, that's actually a, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a violation that of rights. That's a violation of rights. Yeah. Like, I mean, like if if he was human, human, we'd be quoting HIPAA. You know, it's like you don't have 
non-family members in, you know, you don't have people watching that kind of stuff. It's, it's medical privacy type stuff. And so that scene afterwards, it should be at the most him, Teal, sorry, and uh, Dr. Frazier. Yeah. Talking to the general. Because at that point, it's like a military focused, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it was for military purposes because it's in a military mountain, so on and so forth. But it's Teal'c's medical history and medical privacy. It has nothing to do with Sam, Jack, or Daniel. So it's just, it does kind of rub me wrong a little bit that they were there, just when they purely, even if you told me Teal'c We don't know care. if he didn't invite them. Yeah, but that's the thing is, even when, like, a patient in real life invites family members, you can't just, no one, not everyone's just allowed them to an observation area. It's, just, it's the only reason why they're allowed to is because it's a military base. Yeah. But there's, like, there's specific laws in place to protect civilians from, you know, like, for example, how, um, because after after the assassination of Lincoln, one of the assassin's mothers was killed instead of him. They were looking for a scapegoat. Yeah. She was murdered. They they couldn't find him, so they killed her instead. It's one of those things where you can, um, civilians can't be tried by, mil- uh, by a military tribunal. Yeah. Anymore, that comes anymore. up in, like, yeah. three episodes right. in this. So there's, like, there's, like, lots of different reasons why civilians can't be held under military jurisdiction because they're not military. Teal'c is not military. No. Granted, he's not your average civilian, no. so I kind of get where this gray area is. Yeah, there's definitely a gray it's area. Definitely, and it definitely hasn't been traversed carefully enough yet, which makes sense for like a first yeah, season no. type thing. So nothing about it doesn't actually make sense contextually, mm-hmm. but it does really bug me on fictional Teal'c's behalf that he's going undergoing he's vulnerable he has his you know stomach open for people to see there's a snake going on there like there's a lot of shit going on there he's unconscious Mm -hmm. so he can't voice any you know disapproval and they're all just watching (laughs) and it's like you're not medical professionals you shouldn't be this is inappropriate so on his behalf I'm a little upset that that happens so anything they have to ask him yeah he lies who gives a shit if he lies because he has every right to lie because you know what he's in a position right now where he can't really do much else you know like (laughs) Even Jack, once he finds out, he's like, well, I understand why you did lie. Exactly. <laughs> it's just, yeah, so it just kind of bugs me that after that's failure what, well, mi- briefing. That's what's nice is the fact that, like, his whole team, they've got his back when they find right. out. Which like, they don't give him any, like, Jack's a little like, God, this looks so bad. Right. But, like, none of his team care. Right. And I like that they could be in that observation area because they support him and mm-hmm. want to be, I get it. I just, it just, you know. That whole failure after failure um, briefing. Yeah. They have nothing to contribute there. They were just there to watch. So they don't need to be there. It really, at most, should just be him and Well, the I mean, I, I'm wondering if they, they were there because they only linger on the actual medical test itself very briefly. Oh, I know. Then they start discussing other right. options. Which is why that scene exists. Yeah. It, like I said, nothing about it doesn't make sense. It just is like... Guys, think about it. Would you want this? To, like, it's that golden rule shit. Like, uh-huh. you know, don't do to others what you wouldn't want done to yourself kind of thing. If you were having a procedure, you probably wouldn't want somebody watching. To be fair, there are instances later on when Daniel is the one being observed yeah, by a Daniel. lot of people. Yeah, but that's Daniel, and he's weird. <laughs> he's also the most civilian Here, you can civilian. I'm going to say a phrase that is not... That I'm it, just saying that SG-1... Yeah. As a whole, does not observe those yeah. practices. Yeah, I'm going to say a phrase that sums me up in a nutshell. My point only stands as long as I want to. Yeah. And then, except for when it doesn't anymore, and then I, you're supposed to know that it doesn't, it doesn't count anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I believe my morals until I don't. If I believe sure. it again afterwards. But yeah, no, I just, it's just one of those little things where that scene's happening. It's just like, I'm a little discomfort. I'm, I'm, I'm discomfort. 
I can yeah. understand where there's a difference between uh, Teal'c and Daniel just because Daniel does have an actual, like, citizenship and something to fall back on. Right, right. Whereas Teal'c still has doesn't no have a home. He's yeah, still he's a, living in the yeah. mountain. And he has no protections. Yeah, that's what, I mean, it is season one. No. They don't know very much about like said, him. Contextually, it makes sense. Yeah. But it sucks for him, I yeah. guess. It's just It's gonna get better, though. Yeah, part of it's just nice. a little sad with this whole They start thing. taking him out of the mountain, having barbecue with him. It's good. Mm-hmm. It'll happen. It's yeah. coming. They're yeah. gonna give him a cowboy hat. It's all Awesome. I just like how his character is kind of set up in these first episodes because it shows that they don't treat him badly, but they don't treat him equally. Because they don't know what to do yet. Exactly. They're they're learning. They're exactly. figuring it out. I love it. Mm-hmm. It's, like no, it's, a, good. it's like a giraffe stumbling into its first steps. <laughs> but yeah, so um, while they're in the mission debriefing, Teal'c suggests that they go back to Chulak because there are lots of uh, gold lava there. And he doesn't run this up for other reasons. Uh, no, no, no. Until now, just no reason. They're like, well... Wait, Chulak? No, we can't go back to Chulak. Do you remember how we almost died last time we went there? <laughs> it's like, inconsequential. Took's like, well, maybe, but you know, there's a lot of larvae there, and he just very firmly does not say why he really wants to go. And he, t- uh, Christopher Judge is doing a good job with his acting here, because since we know, we can see that he's holding something back. Oh, hell yeah. But it's not, like, ridiculously obvious to where he gets called out in the briefing about it. Nah. They they basically say, um, no. <laughs> no, we're not going to Chulak just to get a couple of larvae. <laughs> and he's like, alright, then he leaves. Um, the team knows enough about him to know something is up. Yep. So Jack follows him. Yeah, I do like the variety of, you can just see in the background, nothing's really happening, they're not being focused on They're just kind of looking at yeah, each other. You can see the variety of just, like, weird facial expressions. Yeah, they're like just communicating are, silently. Right? Everyone's eyebrows are in a uh, process of being winged up on one side or the other. Mm-hmm. Just like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, there's just like so. a, a little silent communication going on between the three of them and then it's like, okay, Jack goes. Pretty much, yeah. Jack's the one closest to Teal. Go, go also, talk to him. Also, he's in charge. This is his problem. Mm-hmm. As leader of the team, this is officially your problem. So Teal goes to find, not uh, Teal. Jack goes to find Teal. Mm-hmm. Um, Teal's uh, meditating. Yep. Kelna Reaming. I don't think we have that word yet. I don't think so either, actually. I don't think he's caught it yet, yet. Does he not tell, does he not say that word until he's teaching Daniel it? Maybe. I can't remember I guess it wasn't first... relevant enough for the storyline until then. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. <laughs> but this is one of those instances in this scene you can see how the party tries to do something good. Yeah, like I said, like that candle shot was almost cool. Yeah, because he does. He films like he films Jack coming in, and then he goes to film um, Tilk, but he films Tilk behind a lit candle. And all you see is that flame, just which is a which is a cool shot. Like shooting through things almost always looks cool. Oh yeah, as long as your framing is good. Right. Which this the problem was is he was a little too close to the candle. Like, yeah, like it took up three quarters of the screen. Right? And you you could see like he was going for the coolness factor or the dramatic factor because um Teal'c's eyes yeah. were like right behind that flame, except the flame was flickering in such a way that the camera wasn't able to actually um adjust. Adjust between the brightness. Yeah. So his eyes just didn't look right. No. Yeah. Like like I said, like he he wanted to try something interesting, but just didn't accomplish it <laughs> at all. It was pretty distracting. Yeah, it wasn't great. <laughs> uh, but basically, he goes to talk to Teal, and Teal confesses that he wasn't totally honest with them. He has a son and a wife back on Shulak. Yeah, by the way. 
uh, and that he wants to go back to Chulak because it's about to be time for his son's Primta, is what they call it. Um, and it's where his son gets a little belly flat put in and a larva. And Jack's just kind of like, uh, it's that whole thing we were talking about earlier where Jack's kind of like, God damn it, this is not look good for you, Teal. But at the same time, he's just like, okay, I get, I get right, why. It's like, there was a reason. Like, yeah. you, you know, you didn't trust us. We couldn't know you very well yet. Obviously, like, we had literally just met. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, you didn't want us to think that you weren't trustworthy. Yeah. And he, oh, Teal also brings up his first teacher, Braytech, in this scene. Tony Amendola. Which is important because he's going to show up in this episode. I think, honestly, Tony Amendola was like... Also, they use Braytech in their trying to convince him. And so, so basically, we don't see this next scene, um, but obviously Jack and Teal go find Sam and Daniel and say, hey, we all have to team up and convince Hammond to let us go to Chulak because Teal's got a son. But we're not going to let him know that Teal'c has a son. <laughs> we have to make him think it's because of the whole larva to to research thing. Because <laughs> the next scene we get is them trying to do just that. Right. And they do such a piss poor job of it. It's impressive. I mean, they I would argue that Daniel, they had. Daniel does a Daniel job. <laughs> Daniel that argues a, like a, Daniel. That he talks a if that ain't a mood. He taught he sounded exactly like he would argue for anything. Yeah. He even bring Petulant. like Well, I was ta- I was thinking specifically where he refers to the Jaff- Jaffa as a Faustian bargain. Right. Fun fact, did you know it's actually as a kid how I learned what a Faustian bargain was? Watching Stargate? I was like, what the hell is that? And looked it up. I, this is before um if Google was around, I was too young to know what yeah, the Google hell it was. Google wasn't around. Yeah. Well, because I watched it, I didn't come. I didn't watch it like the year it came out. It was still before Google Days when I saw it, though. Um, but all I remember specifically is uh, having to go find a dictionary <laughs> and looking it up in the dictionary. But that's how I learned what it was because of this. I was like, "That's a really cool word." It is a that cool would word. mean something to me if I knew anything. But yeah, so Daniel's argu- argument is basically the Gold's main soldiers are these Jaffa that are raised to hold these Gold as gods. And that when they have the larva in them, they have a restorative power to them, which makes them really hard to keep down. And that's why he says, like, he's, this is Faustian bargain. Mm-hmm. Um, Faustian mentioned serving as the functioning immune system in yeah, general. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's why. Because he's like, if we can get more of them on our side, we have a really good way of weakening the gold. So, like, yeah, they don't. They don't present a strong enough reason for Hammond to change his mind, but I would at least argue that Daniel is arguing Daniel. Yeah. He sounded exactly like Daniel in that scene. <laughs> That's why I had to write down Faustine Bargain. I'm like, okay, Daniel. <laughs> no, it's... You even see when he says that, Sam even kind of gives him a little side look. Like, really? <laughs> a little dramatic? <laughs> um... Basically, Hammond's not buying it. Nope. And in fact, he can tell they are full of shit. Oh, yeah. I like how from like, the get-go, he's like, yeah, dude. <laughs> I no. love that he tells Jack, he's like, Jack, can I speak to you in my office? Alone? <laughs> and you see Jack's kind of like, I don't wanna. <laughs> I love how reasonable his tone is the whole time. That's how you know it's a trap. <laughs> but you can tell Jack already knows, because he's kind of like, uh... 
I guess. Yeah. And you're like, when he's in the office and he goes, take a seat, Colonel. And literally, that's the moment I, I, you, I was on the couch and I went, I don't want to. Because his entire body, facial, everything, just, just no, I don't want to. But what if I don't want to? Yes, I know, Troy. Life is so hard. And I love that while he's chewing Jack out about this, about how they're clearly keeping something from him, you can see Sam and Daniel, like, watching from the window. <laughs> but then when the uh, when uh, Hammond or Jack look back through the window, they look away again, like, no! <laughs> we, we weren't trying to spy or anything. <laughs> um. So while he's yelling at Jack, Jack confesses why they really need to go. And Hammond's like, uh, that's bullshit. <laughs> right? <laughs> that's not great. And Jack argues the same thing. He's like, if you had known he had a kid and a wife, you would have never trusted him to be on our team. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, it's 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 definitely a rock and a hard place when you're the traitor, the only traitor of an alien species. Oh, yeah. Trying to help and the you U.S. Were the military. First crime. <laughs> yeah, but, like, add into that It's not the US like he military. was some freaking lackey grunt who... You could say, well, he didn't really have any choice. No, he worked up to that. But uh, while Hammond is chewing out Jack, Tilk managed to sneak off out of the debriefing without anyone bothering to stop him, put on his Jaffa armor, and went to the gate room to dial the chew lock on his own. Yeah, I, 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 I'm going to point out again. He doesn't have access to the dialing device, their version. No. Which... So let's say before everyone shows up, he just told them, hey, I need to go through. And they're just assuming he had, like, you know, clearance or whatever. So they've already started dialing before they get there. And then once everyone gets there and is like, yeah, no, Tilk, you can't do that. Um, (laughs) Just keeps dialing. Walter keeps dialing. The entire confrontation, the entire moment of, of, I like how they don't, that's actually uh, one one good thing, one really good thing about the episode is, you know, he says, Tilk, I can't let you do that. And Tilk, is probably definitely thinking, and it is nicely implied by the scene, but they don't do that um, super cliche of, so I'm a prisoner. No, no. And they're like, no, you're not a prisoner, then That's let me go. Teal'c is a very reasonable man. Right, like, he understands what's going on. It just makes more sense with the characters mm-hmm. to not have that cliche, yeah. so it's good they didn't do it. Yeah, exactly. I'm, 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 not, I'm not definitely not criticizing Well, because Jeff King is not a bad writer. No, definitely not. But yeah, it just really amused me that the entire time this dramatic shit's going on, it's the upside to how slow the earth yes. dialing process is. Because the entire time for, like, mood music is, you can literally see it t- turning in the mm-hmm. background still, too. Just like, the Walter didn't bother to stop dialing at all. Like, the general is right there saying no. I feel like Walter looked... No, I feel like Walter saw Hammond come in, and because Hammond was followed by Jack, Sam, and Daniel, he's like, well, he's telling Teal'c no, but he's going to end it by saying you're all going through. Right, like, so I'm just going to keep dialing. There's a good chance this is going to still happen. And it's this been is a long months process. now. He knows SG-1 always gets their way. Right. And plus, like, the dialing sequence is a long process. I don't want mm-hmm. to do this again about how to. So you're just, like, kind of, like, just slow. I could, I could totally, just in my slow head. slow down a little bit. Yeah, in my head, I can totally see him just, like looking around and still poking the next dialing thing, just like, what? I'm not, what? No, it's just, I'm just dialing, because is there a He's reason He's gonna say <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just, I, I really did like that, and of course, you know, it perfectly undercuts the conversation. As soon as they're done, that's when the gate stops. That's yeah. like, nicely done. So subtle. <laughs> yeah, so basically Hammond says, you can't go through on your own, you'll, you'll get killed immediately. <laughs> like, super killed. Yeah, super killed. Not just killed, you get super killed. Right, like, they they said everything but you'll be super dead. <laughs> and he basically ends it by saying, 
I'm authorizing all of you to go through because Hammond is a giant fucking softy. Right? Like, he has family. He has grandkids. Yeah, exactly. Like, he knows I don't remember his, I don't remember his exact wording, but he basically said, he, he basically infers that he's authorizing it because... Implies. Yeah. They infer. Yeah, he implies, and we infer. Yes. That he's authorizing it because it's about family. Right? It's like, professionally, reasons. Go on through. <laughs> just, like, puts his mouth down. Just like, reasons. <laughs> I'll just I'll just smudge the ink on the report mm-hmm, to, to mm-hmm. justify this later. No, we're gonna push the whole Bray Tech angle. It'll be great. <laughs> yeah, that was great when they were like, "Yeah, we 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 know we can like turn people on the other side." Oh, how many do you think? How how many do you know that are on our side over there right now? At least one. <laughs> I mean, there's only a few hundred thousand, so one. Yeah, that sounds good. That's a good one's, percentage. one's more than zero. <laughs> True. But yeah, so he authorizes the mission. Uh, and they do the whole, um, the really cliche gambit. It's not the most cliche gambit. They use that one at the end. But the, where, um, Tilk puts on his armor, he fucks with the, the lights in the eyes of the snake armor so that it doesn't turn on. And he acts like, oh, my armor's broken, so I can't take the helmet down. Um, and they'd stolen priest. I don't know when they stole priest uniforms. I, um... Well, there were dead priests at the. I was just gonna say, I, I figured that when they first escaped, they somehow brought a few dead bodies with them. I don't. I, I no, it's fine. I can see that. As, like as soon as I said, I'm like, how did they? I'm like, eh, that's fine. Plus, I mean, maybe not to mention they had pretty maybe, good footage. I could see them just recreating them. Yeah, I was just there's that, or like they escaped a bunch of prisoners. What's to say some of those prisoners that they came out with weren't former priests who, for some reason, had the outfits with them. Maybe. That one's definitely far less yeah. likely. But I could see <laughs> I just think they dragged a couple of the dead priests Honestly, through. Honestly, it would make sense. I mean, it would not make sense. But yeah, so they, um, Tilt goes through pretending to be a, um, a guard, uh, and says that these are acolytes from another temple somewhere. I don't, I don't remember where. Doesn't yeah. matter. They're just pretending to be other, but it's so great because like the priest that questions them, he's not a good actor. But despite yeah. that, it's so obvious he doesn't buy it at all. Yeah, like from just... the beginning, he's like, "You're full of bullshit." I don't think the guy changes tone once the entire episode. No. It's pretty painful. No, the um the the priestness, the like the one who's doing the primta isn't bad for all like six lines, but. They didn't waste any time getting actual actors for these priests. Right. I I that swear, all the I swear, the shorter, curly-haired one that's with the really tall one that's a bad actor, the one that never speaks. Yeah, I swear he's like an aide or something. I mean, I wouldn't not believe it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he clearly doesn't buy it. But they're allowed past mostly because Teal like strong arms the shit right? out of like, that priest, breaks that guy's wrist. I know. Uh, so they get by, yeah, they get out, uh, they get into the woods, away from sight, and immediately, like, disrobe all, except for Teal. Teal keeps his shit on. Honestly, it doesn't really make much sense that you immediately take the outfits off, like, those are still viable camouflage, but okay. Well, I mean, they're not going anywhere near, um... Right, but when has their plan ever gone completely to, uh, 
I just think I, I think erring on the side of caution would have been a slightly smarter route, but then we would have had that. One ever been right. smart? But then we would have had that great scene of uh, Daniel licking his hand. To yeah, get the thing off. I was about to say it's so good because they the uh, the priests have those drawn on symbols because Teal got the the little emblem thing. You know, that's a question that I don't think was ever really answered for me during the show, first time around or any of the times after. How much is it are those symbols only ever like drawn tattooed stuck on or is that part of like the genetic makeup it's got to be a tattoo all right okay it makes more sense as like a tattoo but they never really answer that for me like i could totally see like a genetic engineering it's got to be a tattoo because the people who aren't actual jaffa and are just part of chula just have them like drawn on yeah but yeah, i've always just kind of wondered like part of me as a kid always kind of wondered if it was you know mm-hmm. some part of the yeah. Uh, not, but that, yeah. not that it really makes sense for it to be that way, but it would have made it, in my head. It was like that's eh, viable. But yeah, as you said, there's a great moment where you see Daniel lick his hand to help rub off the the marking on his on his forehead. Honestly, it looked like fucking sharpie. Like it was either eye makeup, like eyeliner, or sharpie. I was gonna say it was like charcoal or something. Licking your hand would not have gotten sharpie off of your forehead. That's why it would have been funnier if it was sharpie because you could, like just see it smeared. <laughs> Alright. They go find Teal'c's old home. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, surprise, surprise, has been bombed out. Seriously, I've said for like the entire like what, six minute, seven minute long. You just scene, kept going, What did you think was gonna what happen? What did you think was gonna happen, dude? I mean, seriously, did you honestly think that the, uh, yeah, because yeah, you know what, my bad. The gold are really known for their understanding. Mm-hmm. You know, they Definitely wouldn't blame or scapegoat, at the very least, the family of a traitor. No. I mean, come on. Of the first prime. Right? I mean, it's like, as, if, if any, if there is anything better to use to, as an example, like, to, you know, to, to, to punish as an example, first prime's family, I cannot think of a no. better one. <laughs> the fact that they were allowed to live is wild. I, seriously. Although I feel like it was specific. I think Apophis was planning ahead. To when Ryak does become a problem. There's that. Because Apophis is a snake. Yeah. I can also see Braytac having had something to do with it. Because he still has his standing as a retired first prime with you know, retired with honor kind of thing. And I bet he Not anymore. <laughs> and, and and it definitely um would like lend credence to our theory that like that that he and uh, that uh, Teal'c and Dryak were arranged married. Yeah. Because Braytac could have totally gone to Apophis during a more reasonable time and Apophis is like, you know, less temporary and been like because I, I was looking at the trivia, right? And mm-hmm. she's um, her name is actually not just Dreyak, it's Dreyak of the Cord Eye Plains. Braytak is Braytak of Chulak. Mm-hmm. Teal'c is Teal'c of Chulak, but she is Dreyak of the Cord Eye Plains. Which Sounds tells like me she's an arranged else, marriage. Right? Yeah, which I'm not against that or anything. Um, but you could totally see that, you know, being a thing for Braytak, being like, she's not of this place. She didn't have anything to do with this choice that was his independent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The kid is maybe more of hers than his. Like, we, the kid's innocent. She's can be absolved of that hence why like, they were she was talking about how they were eventually going to lift the banishment yeah oh they were about to do it right so that's not something you do to traitors no. so i think i honestly i honestly be- <laughs> believe that Braytech well, has she did also it. say she didn't say what she did but she did say do you know what i had to do to convince them we weren't traitors right exactly but so she definitely she worked hard yeah, no, she definitely had to, to get had them to back help. into some form of standing yeah but yeah, so basically he goes, finds his place bombed out, is like shell-shocked. There's a symbol painted Stupidly on the side shocked. of the building that's really cool looking. Yeah, it's like um, a mix of uh, the, your sword symbol, uh, a caduceus snake symbol, yeah. and that slash. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. 
It just made me think of... I I hate that this is what it made me think of, but uh, did you ever read Crichton's Timeline? Yeah. You remember the part um, in the, the plot line with the playhouses? Oh, yeah. That were marked with, like, the red yep. paint? Yep. It made me think of that immediately. I mean, in a way, it is. It's yeah. based off real things. That's, that's how that was yeah. during the Bubonic Plague. But that's Plague. just exactly what that made me think of was um, Timeline. Yeah, so uh, this, this is tainted. You don't no yeah, go mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Teal'c uh, translate it, translates it to mean traitor. House of the Sholva. Sholva. I like how Jaffa, the Jaffa language, is like a shaky step down from Klingon. Yeah. It's totally not ripped off at all. I don't know. What are you talking about? Uh, but while Teal'c is still shocked... For some reason. That being said, though, that scene, I might know, is pretty accurate on that. There is more facial acting out of Christopher oh. Judge in that scene than there is out of most actors in their uh-huh. entire career. Christopher Judge is an amazing actor. He acts actor. the shit out of that scene. It's ridiculous that he's shocked, but, but the fact that he didn't think about his family until now says something about the fact that I don't think he was a very there dad. Yeah, he wasn't the most involved father. No. Which, which also supports the arranged flaw, marriage right? thing. It's a bit of a character flaw, but also, honestly, that's still a thing today where it's like half oh, yeah. the people have a family just for the prestige of having mm-hmm. a family. Like, it advances your career to say, yeah, oh, yeah, I, know, have a, I have a, a little woman at that like, You know what wouldn't shock me at all is if, when being um, promoted to first prime, Apophis is like, okay, well, you're going to get married. Here's a suggestion. Yeah, here's a wife for you. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's like, you know, a symbol of his virility that he has a child. Yeah. It has less to do with, ooh, a family, more to do with, hey, look at this symbol right here. Look how strong I am. Look what I protect. Look what I make. And look what he made for our future inheritance of the larva gold. But yeah, while, Ooh, while, uh, while he's acting his ass off, Raytac comes around the corner. And acts his ass off. Oh, God, he's so good. The moment he's on the screen, just pray to He just kind of steals the scene in a good way. Stargate's so good for the fact that there's... They have so many um characters that come on that aren't main characters, but are just like, as soon as you see them, you're like, yes! Janet, mm-hmm. Braytac. You're just excited when they show up. Plus, like, yeah, the show is 200 plus episodes, but 26 out of whatever... Braytag was in 26 episodes out of the show. And for a show that was supposed to end like around the 8th season, so Hatton wasn't really supposed to make the 200 mark, mm-hmm. 26 is a good chunk. Yeah. Like, he is a big part of of the show. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's something to sneeze at. Yeah, he's he's coming back. So they did he's a good big, job. he's important. Yeah, they did a good job with, um, the, with the casting for him. But Braytag attacks Jack. There's a lot of C's in that sentence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, we are children. <laughs> Jack's like, what the, what the hell? Like, they're basically having, like, a standoff against each other. Yeah. Then Teal's like, oh, hey, this is my, my first teacher. This is Braytac. And Braytac's incredibly dismissive of the people that Teal left Chulak with. And he's like, he just completely dismisses Jack. Like, Jack tries to shake his hand, and he just walks right past Jack. Yep. I do like how he, uh, of course, goes for easy target number one next to Sam and goes, you know, you bring her and, you know, a woman. <laughs> and she's like, hey. <laughs> yeah, I do, I do like, no, what's good there is that, like, 
we we should it, sh- it should be annoying. That's like God, especially because it's like Chulak, especially when we meet Dryak later. It's like really, really a woman. Well, it's part of it because he's yeah, trying he's to antagonize faking. them. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's the thing. Like we can't even get mad at him because it's so over exaggerated that purpose. it means nothing. Exactly. Like, he's doing it. All- he's trying to rile her. He saw a strong woman mm-hmm. and went, "You know, so like, gonna piss her off if I call her a woman." Especially because like. <laughs> He doesn't, all he does is say, oh, a woman, and, like, fake scoff. He doesn't say anything gross. No, exactly. And as she's going, like. He doesn't even like, say anything like she should be at home with right, children or blah, blah, blah. Disgusting. He just does the fake scoff at the fact that it is a woman on the team. Yep. Which says something about the fact that Braytech does not believe in nope. his words. No, nope. But it's great, yeah. As she's going, hey. Like, hey. And then he goes he's already Daniel. moving on. He's already moving on to Daniel. And he freaking bites Daniel's hand. Because <laughs> Daniel goes, this is a weak one right here. Yes. <laughs> he's the one protected by all. <laughs> and that's with Daniel. I think he judged the fact that Tilk was letting him hold the staff. Right, and he was like hugging it like he an eager little child. He was, he was hugging it to his chest. He's like, look daddy, I have your weapon. So like, he he walked to Daniel, sees that he's hugging the staff like a child. <laughs> I'm wondering if, like, he remembers seeing uh, Ryak do the same exact thing. <laughs> oh, that makes it really cute. I know. That's my headcanon now. <laughs> yeah, same. As soon as I said it, I'm like, yep, that's what happened. It's like when Ryak, when, when, Dr- oh my god, too many names. It's like when Ryak sees um, Tilk later and goes, Father! It's like that kind of thing. It's just like Daniel's like, Father! <laughs> I have your stat attack weapon! He just walks up Daniel grabs his hand and like bites his hand! And Daniel's face the entire time is just, what? What's happening? <laughs> like he's so just disconcerted, it's hysterical. It's so funny! Like, he doesn't even try threatened. and pull away! He's not scared or threatened, he's just disconcerted. He's confused! And I love how even Sam just kind of looks at the side like, what are you like, doing? Even she trails <laughs> off in the middle of being pissed off at being called yeah. over to go like, okay, this is weird. Yeah, she goes, hey, I get <laughs> Yep, yep, he's biting him. This is happening. Oh, look, he's moving on. Okay. Oh, it's just, I, every time I see him bite Daniel's hand, I'm like, why? <laughs> but yeah, so once he's done biting, giving uh, Daniel a nibble. Uh, then Jack and Braytac have a little tussle. First Jack knocks knocks knocks. First Jack knocks Braytac to the ground. Uh, Braytac's like, "Oh, okay, you know, you're not that bad." And then he says something like, "Oh, if I were a hundred years younger." Yeah, I do like how he laughs at me and then drops the act. That once he gets what he wants, he got he got pr- he, well, he got some proof that they're comp- there's competency yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. That they're capable. Like he saw there was a cohesive unit there, and that's one thing. Yeah, now he needed to judge capability. But there's no denying that Daniel could be snapped in half but with Braytac's teeth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> toothpick. Yeah, this is season one, Daniel. Oh yeah, no, he's not gorgeously ripped. You know what would have been really great? What is if in like season? What's it? Nice penis. <laughs> yeah, what would have been really great? <laughs> what would have been really great is if by like seven or eight or whatever, you know, when Daniel has like the muscles and his hair cut short and it's just like basically military boy, but with no military actual title. If Braytac tried the hand biting thing again, like just like it, like oh you've grown up kind of thing, that would have been cute. Yeah, and Dan's just like get off. <laughs> yeah, he's like, get off me. Just like just gently shakes the wrist, like stop, stop. I got nothing. But it would have been cute, just like because he he knew Daniel since season one, and he was a little toothpick back then, That's and then he good. grew up. It would have been really been nice. cute. That would have been really nice. If I if I had been writing Stargate. 
So uh, he says, if I was if I was 100 years younger. And then Jack freaks out, like, oh, shit, you're over 100? <laughs> I'm 133, bitch. He's like, oh, my oh, God, God, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. It goes to help him up, and Bray Tech uses that to knock Jack down. And that's, like, now now he has, now he respects you. <laughs> I do, like, 133 to be exact. Oh, you must work out. <laughs> I love that line. I just, I love how that's how Bray, you earn Bray Tech's respect. That's how it's like, yeah, you have a little bit of a tussle. <laughs> That's men in general. I know. Not but that, I, oh god, I do. to be sexist. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but it is a thing that guys do. What I do love, though, is that when they start to tussle, you see J- uh, Daniel in the background just making this face like, why? Right? <laughs> like, he's barely a dude <laughs> in terms of your stereotypical testosterone. He's like annoyed by it. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, Raytac basically says, hey, I know where they are. They're living in, like, um, an outsider's camp. Yeah, the outcast's camp. Yeah. Uh, he says, I know where they are. They're alive. I can take you to them, but it's going to be rough getting back later. <laughs> um, so Jack's like, okay, um, Sam and Daniel, you go back to the gate and lay up, get set up so that you can have cover fire for us. Uh, and at first they try it. <laughs> at first they try and argue or whatever, but Jack's like, no, no, no. You're, <laughs> we, we're going to need some cover fire. So you guys go take care of that. <laughs> and then they go off. Then Jack and Teal'c and Braytac are about to go find um, Dreyak and Ryak, and there's a great little moment where Jack says something about, oh yeah, we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get to it, and Braytac goes, no, the bridge is too well guarded, <laughs> we'll go another way. And it's great because of the fact that this show does not overuse that human uses a cliche, uh, not a cliche, uh, um, No, a cliche works. A cliche term, yeah, because he does say it's a cliche. He uses a cliche term or an idiom, and the alien misunderstands it. That's actually like one dance of the Farscape. Is Crichton is always just a they wealth use it all of idiom. The time. Like, yes, we understand you're human. Thank you. Yeah. What, what I like about this is that, like, it happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like we had the "My name is not Lucy," you know. But it's not. It's not even every episode. Yeah, it's played every now and then for yeah. fun. But yeah. Not as a heavily we'll de- get, like, relied on thing. One in an episode, yeah. and then not even every episode. Yeah. So I just, they do yeah, it just they don't, they don't rely on it, yeah, which mm-hmm. is which is good because it doesn't overplay the joke. So that when it does happen, it's still funny, especially since Braytac has never met a human yet. Yeah. So well, he's not a human. He hasn't met a Tauri. Yeah. Because like, there's definitely humans that oh, are yeah. around, but he hasn't met a Tauri. Yeah. An oh, earth, when I say human, I mean an Earthling. <laughs> yeah. Um. So while Sam and Daniel are going back to the gate, they run across a procession of priests and like a single scantily clad priestess <laughs> carrying a um a little container of gold larva, and they're like, "We should follow that." <laughs> hey, look at that! That thing we need. So they follow, they watch them. The only thing that scene was missing was a, oh, that's convenient. <laughs> like a music or whatever. <laughs> so they follow, they find them uh, delivering the larva to this, like, little encampment thing that's, like, crazy far away from the actual castle. It's like, you saw the distance, right? Yep. It's really far away, and there's no guards there. Nope. They just drop the gold in and leave. <laughs> it is It is weird. It is a weird place to locate your shrine. Yeah. It's odd. It's very strange. Also, if those things do eat, 
how do they how do they get taken care of in um, this I would remote in, location with no people around? I would honestly guess that 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 liquid that they're kept in it is could be nutrients. like a, yeah, it could be like a nutrient broth mm-hmm. or something. It's just kind of funny to me that like there's just, I honestly think that's what the it complete is. lack of supervision just it's begs a problem to happen. I mean, come on. A natural disaster could occur. Yeah. Something. You don't know what could occur. You know how you don't know? Because you have nobody around. Nope. There is no supervision. <sighs> Meanwhile, uh, they find the encampment. Um, Tilk sees a tent far off away from the rest of the immediately yeah, knows that's where his family and is. And knows that that's where... Because that, she says later on that they specifically brought the, t- the tent and yeah, the, tablet. Yeah, the tablet, yeah. So, like, there is a specific tent that you do with a Primta in. Yeah. So he recognizes that's the Primta tent, and he's like, oh god, I'm too late. It's one of the few times where, like, the person immediately knows, where it's actually kind of explained yeah. in a justifiable manner. Yeah, they do it, um, they don't, they don't it's not emphasize too it too yeah. much. It's not too convenient, yeah, yeah. which is nice. Honestly, convenience is just a way of life in TV and movies. Yeah. Like, you can't, in books, a story is being told, there's gonna be a certain degree oh, of convenience. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. my favorite thing, my favorite thing to get, when people get pissy about it is like, oh, we're supposed to believe this happens to happen to this main character. I'm like, well, yeah, it happened to somebody. That's why the story is about that somebody. That's why they're the main characters, because this thing has happened. That's how a story works. <laughs> so yeah, there's always going to be a degree of convenience. I will, I, I will always be the first person to mock convenience. Oh yeah, you do constantly but on this even within, podcast. Yeah, even within reason, like, that's the thing. It's like, there's a certain degree of convenience that, duh. Otherwise, you don't have a story. Mm-hmm. So, my first thought there, well, that's convenient. But then it's like, but they, they explain it away. They don't overdo it, like you're saying. They don't, they don't linger on it too heavily. They don't make it flashy. Nothing about it is too heavy. And that's honestly all I need. What I do love about that, like, the convenience is it gets good, shaky, though. It's but not no, that bad. What mm-hmm. I love is the fact that, like, when he's like, oh, God, I'm too late, and he runs down there, there is a clear path away from the encampment towards the tent that he could Around the quarry thing. No, he decides to go quarry. through the tent. Because the thing is, when they came up on the encampment, everyone saw Braytac and Teal'c in the armor and freaked out. Because well, these yeah. are the outcasts. They're not gonna... If they see a Jafar, they're gonna be like, oh god, someone's in trouble. Plus a weapon, too. It's like, yeah, shit's going down, uh-huh. someone's gonna get shot. So, like, they scream and all run into their houses, and then Teal'c decides to run through the middle of the encampment. There was a clear path that did not go through the encampment, but no, he had to run through the middle of the encampment. Yeah, no, that was weird. Especially since, like, they're all, like, in that, the, the little encampment's in, like, a little quarry. <clears throat> yeah. And it would've been easier for him just, just to walk around the ring of it, mm-hmm. and sometimes to go down just nope. to go up. <laughs> yeah. But basically, he gets into the tent, and it's already... Too late. There's already the, the cross cut on Ryak. Teal'c still fights with the... Like, as soon as he saw the cross cut on, on Ryak's stomach, I don't know why he was fighting. It's like, well, that's done. Kid's dead. <laughs> he still fights with the priest. While he's fighting the priest, a hooded figure comes in from outside and jumps on Teal'c's back. And we find out that's his wife. The cloak makes more sense for her as a character than that fucking mini oh dress. Oh, God. Don't, did you notice later on when they were walking, she had to have, like, yeah. knee pads? Yeah, yeah she, I noticed. Yeah, I, I, yeah. It's like, if you had to give her something to protect her knees, why didn't you just give her pants? Yeah, I bet they gave her those um, boots because later they had her filming that she, she had to go down her knees. Mm-hmm. And, they're like, and she was like, ow, this is a bunch of pine needles and shit down here, guys. They're like, oh, shit, let's update the costume real quick. Or you could just not have her in her a fucking pants. leather miniskirt. Or even what? just Tilk's wearing yeah. leggings. Give her leggings. This is a this is a uh, 
not warlike culture, but it's definitely a soldier-like culture. Mm-hmm. You know, there definitely is more combat and adherence. And it's clear she knows how to fight. Exactly. This is clearly a more combative type culture. And she's even wearing, like, armor bits mm-hmm. on her dress. It's ridiculous. So the dress itself makes even less sense, especially as a fucking miniskirt. Especially as that's not a leather. Mm-hmm. Like, that doesn't give, man. You can see her walking, like, all, like, short steps. Like, yeah. What was bad about Because her thighs are trapped by it. was the fact that we didn't see it was a miniskirt until she steps out from around a table. I know. Until then, her outfit was fine. Exactly. The moment she steps out from around the table, it's like, oh, God, what is she wearing? Literally, it's like, it's so unnecessary. What the fuck? It's bad. I guess the only thing that kind of maybe might explain it away is that maybe it was like a ceremonial thing she was wearing because it's not her, a ceremony. I'm not thing. saying it's acceptable and I'm not saying I believe it, but I could see some asshole being like, "Oh no, no, she thought her son was going to get his prime time, so she's trying to be like, you know, blah blah." It's fuck it. it it's, it's just dumb. Maybe it's a shame thing. Oh, it's definitely a shame outcasts thing. Outcasts women, women should be ashamed aren't of their al- bodies. No, I was going to say outcasts <laughs> women aren't allowed to wear pants. That opens up so many avenues of being yeah, pissed terrible. off. Yeah, it's terrible. It's real bad. Yeah, so nothing's no. good about it. No. Uh, but basically, there's a big old fight in the tent. During the fight, the larva that was supposed to go in his son gets killed. Naturally. And the priest gets killed. Naturally. See, that's convenient. <laughs> Teal'c and Dryak, the wife, have a big old domestic. Big old domestic sounds about right. That's a good way to describe uh, it. She says that she told Ryak that Teal'c was dead. Teal'c abandoned which, them. Which left I like them how to... pissy he gets about I know. That. It's, it's like... like yeah, you didn't come to see them, ever. <laughs> like, you abandoned them and left them to pay for your mistakes, uh-huh. so... I don't blame her at all. She did what she could. She, she it was she did what she could with what she your had. your dad is dead, or your dad just fucked off and forgot about you. Right? Like, that. Like which one's more painful for the kid to hear? Oh, yeah. Especially since, for all you know, he's literally never coming back, so mm-hmm. fuck it. <laughs> yeah. But she's basically talking about how, how much they've suffered from his decisions, how she's worked so hard to get the chance for Ryak to get his perimpta, has worked so hard that they were about to have their banishment lifted, all this stuff. They're basically arguing. Uh, like I said, it's a big old domestic. Um, and they basically come to the realization, they're like, look, he doesn't have a larva. He's going to get sick. He's already not feeling great. If we get him through the gate, we might be able to do something for him to keep him healthy. Based on no evidence whatsoever, we can help him. Yeah. It, more honestly, than they could do on yeah, Shulok. Honestly, they're just trying to sound hopeful because they know that the snake's dead. So yeah. they're kind of, mm-hmm. you know, they're like, well, we literally have no opportunities so here. They so they start making a, a journey to a the pilgrimage. gate. pilgrimage. Yeah, yeah, a pilgrimage. They're making a pilgrimage to the gate. They have to stop at one point because uh, Kid ain't doing Ryak's much. getting sick. And the makeup on him for, like, the little... The model uh, skin there. Yeah, it's yeah. real good. Yeah, it explains why... Um, it was subtle. Yeah. Like, at first, I didn't even... I thought he was just dirty. And I was like, no, that's... He, yeah. He's sick. Now and it kind of explains uh, Jack saying he looked like he had a uh, scarlet fever. Yeah, because that was actually that, mm-hmm. that that modeling thing is apparently. I do from what I remember, it... scarlet fever had like rashes or whatever. Yeah. So. But I, I like the fact you know like Jack traveled all over, so the fact that he can immediately like recognize scarlet fever, I like that. And I also love the fact that tells you how old he is that oh, he, yeah. he recognizes scarlet fever because that, that, that's eradicated now. He's basically. complaining about his knee in season one. No, I just love how old he is. The fact that because you remember after Tin Man, he's like, "Huh, my knee doesn't hurt anymore." Right. Just, I like he's complaining about combination his knee of '90s show and an old one. guy. Yeah, a guy who's already in his forties yeah. in a '90s show. Oh yeah, I guess if you do the math, Scarlet Fever would have been a thing mm-hmm. when he was a kid. But yeah, um, so he's like, oh, I I know what Scarlet Fever looks like, and he starts like pulling out these little medicine packets. Apparently, like finds the one he wants, and I Scarlet Fever related to a uh, strep throat. I feel like they were the same like virus or something. I don't know. 
That's also really deadly. I have deadly, no so. idea. I think it, I, sorry. I was trying to give more credit to the uh, effects department because they did a really good job mimicking yeah, all the symptoms good. of it. <laughs> Uh, but he finds the one he wants, and credit to Dryak, like, she does not like these Tauri. She does not agree with Teal'c's decisions, but Jack is offering a way to possibly help her son. She does not hesitate nope. to hold out the cup of water for of him to pour the medicine into. And she even politely thanks him afterwards. I know, I do like that. <laughs> Dryak is a classy lady. She is a very classy lady. She is... Classy. I, I would have taken the help for my kid, but I probably would have said that. You would have been like grudging. Uh, right? I would have been like, oh yeah, you're the, you're, 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 the re- you're the people who took my husband, basically. <laughs> like, he wouldn't have done what he did if it had been for you, so I don't like you by proxy. I'm that kind of person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's nicer than I am. Yeah. She's better than I am. Like, she knows that they didn't ask him to do that. Well, they kind of did. They like, we can help them, these yeah. people. But she... She doesn't know that part, obviously. No. And she doesn't know that he volunteered no. to go with them. So... Yeah, so they're basically like, we really gotta hurry to get him through the gate. He's gonna have a better chance on our planet than here. Um, So they're basically like, we gotta pick up the pace. Meanwhile, back at the abandoned (laughs) farm for Gold Larva. Nothing about that makes sense. Sam asks the question that we all want to know. Why are there no guards here? Yeah, it's like lampshading it does not make it acceptable, guys. <laughs> That's yeah, a lesson all directors need to learn. The only answer offered is not uh, directors, well, who's going to steal one? <laughs> True. Like, it kind it's of makes fair, sense. It ca- it's but like, it's still like the only thing I can say, the only thing I can offer as a defense is it's a ritual. Right. And there are a lot of ritual things that are done that are dumb as hell. Yeah. Because it was clearly a ritual place. Yeah. It was like this little altar kind of location. It was in this fancy little tank. It was clearly a ritual kind of setup. So I, I don't know. No, it it makes sense in this in the idea that they you know they know that they've brainwashed these people mm-hmm. enough to know that's relatively safe. It's just wild that it's so far away but from everything. But there's other things that could have affected yeah. it, and you don't. If there is not even a cursory amount of supervision. That just seems stupid. Yeah. Well, anyway, they're going to take advantage of the fact that the tank's not guarded and steal a larva. Right. And it's great, because, uh, first of all, Sam's, like, not even, like, Daniel, you reach in. No, no, no. Sam's reaching in. I do like how I am totally Sam in that scene, though, where she's like, what? Uh, and she's, like, just hardcore cringing yeah, the cute, entire she's time. she's like, okay, on three. One, two, two three. three. And then she hesitates uh, again, and then Daniel, being all supportive on the side, is like, okay, on four. <laughs> she's like, four. Grabs. <laughs> And she's like, it's like, it's like me, like when I, like, when I had that spider on me. Yes, and I'm just like, no, 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 no. The entire time, even when like you know it's over, your whole body is still just going, no, no, no. I'm like still whacking my arm, and she, and she's just like, like you can just see her like trying to squish the snake into into the thermos, and she's just like, no, 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 I don't, no, no, no. Like that was the most believable thing in that entire scene. Acting in that scene was so good. Just a whole lot of. And then like as soon as she gets it sealed in, she. Like scoops the thermos in to get a little yeah, bit of that water. liquid, screws it up, and then goes. I yeah. hate those things. It's just, it's just like nothing. No, no part of her body screams happiness. And Daniel's just standing there like an unhelpful cheerleader, just like you did good. But I love that the moment she like lines up with Daniel again, you start to see something in Daniel's eyes. Yeah. Michael Shanks is incredible, subtle acting. Because like his face isn't even doing much, but there's something in his eyes as he's looking at that tank. That even Sam catches, where she's like... It's foreboding as shit. Yeah. She's like, Daniel, if we do anything, 
to that when they're defenseless in a tank somehow he were reeks, no better than the gold. Yeah. Somehow he reeks of sinister towards that tank. And, like, <laughs> he kind of, like, nods, but the look in his eyes doesn't go away. And they start to walk off, and then Daniel just does, like, a heel turn, and someone gave him a fucking machine gun like an idiot. Right. And he just shoots the hell yeah, like, out of that up tank. Up till now, he's definitely demonstrated his capacity with guns. I know! <laughs> Don't let him have a machine gun. Yeah, then just yeah, shoots the shit out of it. Which honestly, I can only stress is good was for him. super stupid. <laughs> On a moral level, good for him. <laughs> On a petty level, good for him. On an everything else level. That was super stupid. Because you don't know like what the rotation no. of people checking on that is. You don't know if anyone was nearby to hear that massive amount of gunfire. Again, he's a dumb old civilian. I know, but it's like the fact that everything he did there is like, yeah, you just saved some people from getting inhabited by those gold. And you and you got your point across to yourself because you hate them so much. But, boy, that was dumb. I'm just a little, <laughs> like I said earlier when I realized the, the arrangement of these episodes, I'm still just a little disappointed that this episode came before Hathor. Yes. Because it just would have emphasized oh, yeah. his dis his complete distaste and hatred of the larva if it had happened after Hathor as well. I know he has some sort of like visible reaction to larva after that episode, but I can't remember what it is anymore because I kept confluencing the two. I don't know. Yep. I'm just rereading my notes since I like I write my notes. Somebody define consequences to deal with <laughs> Nope. Because, like, he just keeps going about how annoyed he is. But yeah, so after Dumboy does his dumb thing. <laughs> Dumboy does his dumb thing. Which Dumboy? There's there's two Dumboys after in the show. After Dumb Daniel does his okay. dumb thing. Then they have to stop again on the way to the gate. Uh, the Jack party does. Yep. Because Ryak has stopped breathing. Except for all the shots that clearly indicate the kid She's is still breathing. He's a kid. I like how they could have just shot at least, like... Again. Again. Especially since, like... As like, a party's not a good director. Especially since, like, the editing was pretty shit in this. Yeah. We've already established that. They could have just done, like, a basic, like, 30-second shot. Of just, hey, kid, hold your breath for 30 seconds. Shot that. And then just, like, re mm -hmm. you know, replayed that footage in some context. It would have been crap, but at least then it would have showed the kid not breathing. But literally every single shot... Especially, even, like, the far away shots where the kid's all wrapped up, you can still see the kid's clearly breathing. <laughs> it's like, I don't really blame the kid. He was a kid. I blame everybody there who did not at any point in time go, um, guys, can you just try us real quick with the kid, like, at least attempting not to breathe? Nope. Uh, but they basically realize, okay, the only way we can get him to the gate in time is for Teal'c to give him his larva. Right. Uh, and so they put... Teal'c's larva in Ryak. Teal'c has this really, you know, heartfelt moment where he's speaking to his unconscious son and says, "I'm sorry, I had to be the one to do this to you." Yeah, I know. He he that that does that does hurt. Cause like, cause he was trying so hard to keep worse his son than, from right, being dependent. There's on no this. worse than having to do the thing that you came there yeah. specifically to stop mm -hmm. from happening. It's like, yeah, it's a bit of a cliche kind of thing in terms of like you know story dramatic. Yeah, but just make it less powerful. And he does a great job with it. Oh, because, again, Christopher Judge is right. an amazing actor. Leave it to Judge to take something not so great and make it better. I love how this is the episode where they went, oh, Tilk hasn't done much in this show so far. There's a reason why Christopher Judge was chosen to voice Kratos in the new God of War game. For the oh, reboot. he is Kratos. He is Kratos. But he does such a good job with the emotion. Mm -hmm. Because the reboot's all about, you know, granting that extra side of the character you've never seen in the first trilogy. You've seen That's me play the, the first kid, games. right? Yeah. 
with his son. It's like Christopher Judge does this a lot, apparently. <laughs> but I have no interest also in the playing the old ones. They later. look miserable. Oh, I But hate the new them. one looks kind of fun. I love you've seen me replay the trilogy yeah. several times. How you saw me go to great lengths I, to I find see the third you play one. like the hellish one. Yeah. They're all hellish. <laughs> no, but like the hellish um difficulty level. Oh yeah, yeah, I love playing on the super hard level. I like playing Klingon. But I just I love the games and I, no part of me understands that they're good. I, they're not good. It's just, that was the first rated M game I ever played. Mm-hmm. So it has like a deep set place in my heart. Plus, I do like the fighting mechanics. So they're fun. But the new one you'd love. Plus, it's Christopher Judge the entire time. Yeah. So it's Teal'c. It's cradle. You remember like all the grossness of those games that you've seen me play? And like how like crude and crass and horrifying the, uh, Kratos is in that? Yeah. He's none of that. Nice. The new one. He's more gentle. He's, he's the man he was before the story started. Like, in the sense that he was always, you know, the Spartan warrior type. But he had a family before. Mm -hmm. You know, he had a good side. And he clearly gave a shit about his family. And and, and some of the smaller games, um, the um, PSP ones, they they describe all that. Christopher Judge brings all of that to life, plus 20 years of retirement from violence. Mm -hmm. And he voices it so well. And the game is so much better than the first three, because it's more open world. It's like Fallout 4. Yeah, that one, like, I have a million of my own games to play. Right. But, like... There's a that why, one I might be tempted to play There's someday. a reason why I have the axe from that game. It's the best one. <laughs> but yeah, it's he does such a great job. It's 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 teal, but it's not. Because it's not him just like being typecast. He does a great job with Kratos. Yep. But I love seeing those elements of him from 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, when he was a young, young I know, man. a young spry man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they basically have to wait for the larva to strengthen Ryak up enough so that they can move. I do like how they make a point of point showing you that, yeah, it's pretty damn wondrous what it can do for somebody. Yeah. But it's not instant. No, no, it's not instantaneous. <laughs> um, I hate meanwhile... It whenever, I hate it when whatever applied for the body they're using is instant. It's like, yeah. <sighs> meanwhile, Sam and Daniel are still making their way back. And I love it because the scene just opens up on Daniel snacking on a power bar. <laughs> While holding the tank with the gold larva in one hand, yeah, I like and how he's holding it. Like, like Sam put it in there. She, she just like, it in to hold no, it after he she shot. shot the tank. I, I think it's more like grossed out. Honestly, just like yeah, I, I just I had to Whereas hold it. Daniel's here. like eating while holding one. But I love that, that boy while don't he's, give a fuck. I like how oh, yeah, he, it's so great. I feel like the power bar was like a Michael Shanks choice, where he's like, yeah, I just shot up a whole tank of them. This is how much I don't care about right? them right now. Mm, peanut butter. <laughs> so he's like eating the power bar and walking along with it and he stops in the middle of eating his power bar looks down at the tank in his arms looks at sam and goes do you think i need to snack <laughs> like, do, do you think i have to feed this thing <laughs> i just like how and sam just gives him the most the disbelieving dots. look <laughs> like you want to feed the snake really <laughs> gross <laughs> but, also that look also is a little bit like Maybe if we're we are feeding it, you're feeding it. <laughs> Half that look is I'm not I'm not feeding that thing. But then his question gets interrupted by them getting attacked, exactly. probably by people who found the shrine that he left behind in disarray with a yeah. few holes. Um, pointing out that yeah, maybe not the smartest plan there, dude. They get behind a cover real quick. Uh, Sam gets out a grenade, waits until they're all pumped up close by, and then tosses it, and then ducks behind with Dan- Daniel and clearly shields him with her body. I did kind of when she throws there's a cool little shot of um, one of the uh, soldiers like, watching it. it. Yeah, and he and doesn't react because yeah, he's he like, wouldn't I don't know. know what the fuck yeah, this that, is. That, that was a good directing choice, actually. Yeah, I liked that. <laughs> I, I even made that comment. I'm like, yeah. I like that he's just watching a grenade come at his face right yeah, now. Because you were like, right, oh. that makes sense. He wouldn't know. Like, I'm sure they have their version of grenades, but... It's not what you're going to think no. of, because these are clearly not Jafal you're fighting. No. This is 
a different situation. So it makes his reaction made sense. It's like, ooh, she threw a rock. Well, that was stupid of her that didn't hit me. Boom. <laughs> yeah, so she kills all of them in one fell swoop, and they keep going. <laughs> While shielding the poor oh, boy. I almost forgot, when they duck behind the thing, Daniel's still holding his power bar. Right. And he's like, it goes for a weapon, and he's like, oh shit. And then and throws he the, bar, the power bar over his, his shoulder. He has, you know, already has the thing in one hand, so he only has- I just love that he- he didn't, like, drop at the moment they got attacked. He ran behind cover, still holding his power bar. I, I would that, do the same. I'd be holding off that food Daniel all the way. and power bars is just becoming a thing. Right? It definitely is a thing throughout the show too. It's just like when good. he's unwrapping one for my one of my favorite episodes where uh, he makes a comment about the woman not talking to him. Them and Daniel go, and Jack goes, "Why? Because I have a penis." And Daniel does this little awkward cough, but he <laughs> is unwrapping a power bar while he's having that conversation with him. And he goes, he has this little awkward cough, and then hands him the unwrapped uh, power bar, offers him like food, like, <clears throat> "Yep." Hungry? <laughs> <laughs> That's like his thing. He's always unwrapping or eating the a power bar. power bar, too. See, like, the guy is always hungry. <laughs> Honestly, like, when I'm on hiking trips, you can't let me hold the food. Because it'll be gone. Because I will just nibble on it for the entire hike. I, I don't even need energy at that moment, but ooh, Cliff Bar? Yep. <laughs> but, um, so yeah. My nose is itchy today. <laughs> then they meet up with Jack's group, finally. They finally get there. <laughs> um, and... They're like, oh, cool, well, we have Ryak, but unfortunately, um, Tilk had to give him his larva. Tilk is too weak to get to the gate himself now. We don't have a solution to this. And Daniel's just like, oh! (laughs) We have one. I like how nonchalant he says it, just like, like, not even, like, shouting or anything, just, oh. Oh, we have one. We have one. Like, does that help? I just love how often Daniel has a solution to a problem. I feel like his solution just, voice, too. Just like, oh, well. <laughs> his casual solution voice is always the best. It's so funny. Because then Jack just gives him this look like, what? He's like, yeah, we we have one right here. He'll get out of there with it. He, like, bodily shoves Daniel over to Teal. And just grabs that shoulder and throws. <laughs> and even, even though Daniel has to know this is, like, a bad situation, he's still just kind of, like, confused getting shoved over to Teal. Tilk, Tilk's gonna be okay again now as well. But now they don't have a sample. Right, but, oh well. But they they would pick Tilk over their sample. No I like one how- watching this episode thought that they no. were gonna make it back with but everyone. I, no. But I do like the fact that there wasn't any hesitation. They got this for a sample. Like, they wanted a sample. That was what Hammond authorized the trip for, right. quote unquote. With the proviso that they bring back in. Yeah, exactly. The proviso. But, like, the moment Tilk needs one, oh, we have one. Yeah, it's like, oh, hey, here's that. Here you go. It's like emancipation. Oh, I, oh, I had a lie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except that didn't happen, remember? We yeah. made that up but because it would have been better. because his face goes his like, face oh. did say that. Oh, oh, we lied about this. <laughs> I lied about this. Yeah, this is a thing. It's like, oh, wait, I have a solution. I like how you keep trying to make emancipation better with things that we came up with. Yeah, it's called desperate. I know. <laughs> They basically come to the decision that they know that it's going to be a fight to get back through the gate. They're not going to risk Ryak and Ryak with that. Um, so Teal basically says, listen, you tell them that I tried to come back and steal my son. That you were not having it and you got away from me. And, you know, basically. Like makes that, her look better. Yeah. That you have nothing to do with me. Yeah. So that you'll be safe here. Because um, I need to go back. <laughs> and basically, you know, they, they agree. Um, Ryak wakes up long enough to see his dad, be really freaking happy. <laughs> I like how they wake up just in time to see his dad, just in time for his dad to leave. 
But like, that's not torturous. There's some good little foreshadowing here that when he realizes that he has a gold, he's excited. Yeah. That was the beginning of the end there. Yep. That brainwashing was already setting in deep. Uh-huh. And Tilk tries to do the whole thing where, oh, I will someday come to rescue from the false gods, but Ryak's not listening. Right, and even if he was, he's how young? He's a kid. He right? doesn't understand that. Exactly. He just knows, hey, I have a status symbol now. Right? Also, I'm like kind of super now because I have like, you know, a functioning immune system that also heals me and Also, shit. it's my dad's. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's just, there's a lot that kid's going to have to overcome on that, uh-huh. and it's pretty obvious from the get-go that that's not going to be an easy journey. No. Which, honestly, I'm down with in terms yeah. of storyline. That makes sense. It makes more sense than the kid immediately shedding the uh, the skin of yeah, a yeah. believer and everything. Why, yeah, why would he, he didn't get raised with any of the, those thoughts. No, because his dad was hiding it from everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they decide the family has to stay behind, and this is where they use the most cliche gambit of all, the prisoner gambit. Ugh. Where Braytac pretends that he has caught. I have the traitors. <laughs> yeah, I have the traitors. And the priest is like, no, motherfuckers, I let you buy once. I'm not doing it again. Fuck off. And he, he does some little shade throwing at Braytac where he's like, yeah, you were once the greatest fighter. Which sealed his fate right oh, there. Oh, yeah. You can see Braytac's <laughs> eyes going, hmm, okay, you, de- you yeah, die. You die first. <laughs> You shall be the first to die. But basically, Braytag just lays down the law on these people. He doesn't need any help. Well, does he? Because according to all the editing, it could have been him or anybody else. You never see him do anything because well, of the no. shots. You the see editing, him, you you see see him, him jump, jump over, over some fire. fire. <laughs> yeah, and then that's about it. Because literally every shot bad. of collision, every time a staff weapon does something to a person in that shot, there's another cut. It's a cut onto that end of it, like the butt of the weapon, or like just and it's just and it keeps going. It's like a twenty-five minutes, sorry, twenty-five second long scene that has like forty-five cuts, and it's so dumb. And like three are arbitrarily angled for some fucking oh, God, reason. Yeah, but then the rest aren't. No, there's <sighs> the one that I told you about when we were watching it, where the one little nameless short curly haired priest who never opens his mouth at one point in the middle of the fight they cut to him just to show him stand up what the fuck he doesn't like stand up and charge at teal no he stands up and then they cut away from him again I'm like what why why did that matter because we don't deserve anything good apparently oh it's so bad no, was, it, i guess that it was piss Poor editing. I, I, ugh. But listen, I believe in Braytac. He laid down the law. Okay, they played like, them up. That's like the one really bad point of contention for me in this episode. Mm-mm-mm. The opening. The dream Aside sequence. from the opening, that's the only. <laughs> but, I was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, there's, there's two really there's bad two editing moments, moments of contention, and it's the very beginning and the very end. Those at are least, the really bad. At ones. least the whole of the middle is okay. Like, I'm not saying it's like fine. it's like. And it, those don't sum up the episode, thankfully. They're not good, no. and they drag it down, but they're not, like, you don't sum up the episode with, like, also the really shitty editing. That <laughs> cannot be better demonstrated, and these, you know, <laughs> that cannot be demonstrably worse than those first, that God. first scene and that last one. But yeah, that just... Like I said, he's getting worse with every episode we see him in. Yeah. But it's okay, that scene ends with the best part where, you know, he says, like, what, how are you going to explain... Dan, sorry, Jack asks how you going to explain it, and Brain Tag goes, we'll cross that bridge when yes! I get there. And it's like, he reuses it so good! I love the learned Because Brain Tag is fucking clever as hell, man. Honestly, I, I, I think I might have mentioned this forever ago, but 
I, I use plenty of idioms like everybody else, yeah. but I do use the, you know, we'll cross that bridge mm-hmm. idiom a lot. And I use it because of this episode. I remember watching that when I was a kid and just being like, hey, that's cute. Mm-hmm. It was just one of the first ones. It's one of the easiest ones to use. And I honestly have a memory, specifically not like of the episode, like always, but mm-hmm. I, I definitely have a memory a lot of Braytax saying that line. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. You know, that he starts off with, no, the bridge is too well guarded. Yes. And then, and then and at the it. end of the episode, he's he's learned something from these yeah, towering. I like it. It's cool. But I love that the episode caps off with um, Di- Daniel's dialed through. They're all standing on the stairs of the gate about to go through, but they all, like, line up in front of the gate and, like, turn around and face Braytax to say goodbye. That badass motherfucker. Jack signals to Sam, and they both salute yeah. Braytax at the same time. And Daniel just stands there awkwardly. But then, like, and then it goes to Braytax, and he, like, does his own version of a salute where he's, like, raising his staff up in the air yeah. towards them. It's that whole respect thing. <laughs> and then Teal'c does his own kind of staff salute. Yeah, and stands there And then awkwardly, him. like, half a second later, Daniel just waves his hand. I know. Bye. <laughs> I love how Daniel can never help but just, no matter what, it's always, it always ends with Daniel doing something like, hey. <laughs> So good. I love how much they're playing up Daniel as the dumb civilian right now. It's so good. I'm gonna miss it. God, the days that come, I'm gonna miss it. Prisoners, I'm so ready for prisoners. Just trust me. Just, just trust me. <laughs> just you don't want to wear these right now. <laughs> oh, you poor beautiful child. Yeah, honestly, that episode almost has a, some choking up value. Just for, right after that, when the three towery go through the gate, and then it's just Teal'c standing there on the dais, just for a moment. Just to say one just, last goodbye to Braytac. Just giving one respectful stare down mm-hmm. <laughs> with his mentor, like, I'll be back. Because Braytac is the yeah. reason that Teal'c had this doubt yeah. in the gold to begin with. And he's like a Braytac father Braytac got him on this path. Yeah. And it's, I guess, he's yeah, he's like a father. father. So it's just that last little goodbye. Because you don't know how long it's going to be until they see each yeah. other. You don't know necessarily if you ever are going to see each other again. Mm-hmm. You don't, nothing is certain right now. And it's a really good scene that almost has some choking up value. Like, if I was already in an emotional state and saw that, I'd mm-hmm. be like, oh, look, it's going to be okay, buddy. But yeah. then he just walks through. It's actually, it's a nice, almost sad, kind of somber moment at the end. Mm-hmm. It's a great way to cap off the episode. But yeah, so that that's the scene of the episode. It's a real good end. I, I like it. It's I not do, my favorite, but it's not my worst. I do like when they don't bother to end with what happens on the other side of the gate. <laughs> I do like how they don't show you how pissed everyone's going to be when they come back with all the team members, but definitely no sample. Well, we tried. Yeah, we did get one for a kid on that planet. The opposite of what we wanted yes. to do, really. <laughs> and also, now they have heightened security because somebody shot up on the shrines. <clears throat> you know, they'll, 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 rename, they'll, rename, they'll remain nameless. <laughs> We're nameless. Remain mm-hmm. Let's see. There wasn't really much trivia on this one. No. Like, there was plenty listed, but it's all, like, basic shit. Like, first appearance of the word Shova <laughs> and uh, Sally Richardson, who yeah, plays. Shova happens yeah. a lot later, huh? Yeah. But, uh, like, you know, first appearance. Oh, once Anubis of... starts showing yeah. up. But yeah, first appearance of his wife, who's then immediately replaced by a different actor, apparently, for later episodes. And she, she said, I'm not going to wear that for And then they kill her off, off screen. Like, they just, like, between seasons, she's like all of a sudden dead. Or she something. deserved better. Yeah, she she needed too much too much character development for them to care. Yeah, unfortunate. She's just a woman. Listen, Stargate's fine. not perfect. I I love Stargate, but See, it's not. If they perfect. had developed her, they would have been another female character with some depth. Wild. You can't have that. No. Otherwise, we how, got how, Janet and right? Sam. I mean, that's just too many women. <laughs> and we're gonna have Cassandra soon. How, we can't have I any mean, more it's just, women. It's just so hard. I know. All right, so death tally. No one died. 
No one we care about died. Took no. almost died. Took almost died. When I say no one died, I will always mean SG-1. And I will always be a bitch about it. <laughs> there was one time you actually won that because you said no one died. I was like, yeah, god damn, <laughs> no one died. <laughs> Shit, I can't even make a joke about it. Suck it. <laughs> All right, so, Jack or Daniel? I'm definitely not Daniel. I definitely would not have shot out that tank. That's so. That was so dumb. I would have. <laughs> That's so dumb. It was, I'm I can't respect that, man. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Last episode, I talked about how, um, and I think it made it into the deleted scene. Not, probably, it actually wasn't last episode. It was, it was the last episode that we published. There we go. So it would have been episode eight. Yep. Episode eight. I ha- in the deleted scenes. There's a whole thing about how. There's a no point to it, but if I had been in death here, I would have sat in front of the force field throwing food yeah, no, at it. Yeah, that's definitely a deleted scene, because I remember doing that. To be incredibly petty, just because I'm that mad. So I cannot pretend that I would not be Daniel in this moment. Just fuck all of you. <laughs> now, I just want to Jack just a little bit. Plus, I, we both know I would have gotten myself into a bit of a verbal pissing match with Rayta. Oh, yeah, you would have. Also, I would have, like, knocked him over and been hurt him over 100, but like, oh, shit, sorry. You are definitely ah! Jack. Fuck, here, let me help you up. Oh, I'm on the ground now. Well, at least I didn't beat up a centurion. <laughs> I'm going to call that a win. Yeah, I can't, I, like I said, I can't pretend I would not shoot up that no. that uh, tank. No. That's absolutely 100% what I would do. Yep. <laughs> like, as soon as it happened, I'm like, you you do that, Daniel. Yep. <laughs> I can't pretend. Yep. That's what I would do. <laughs> Alright, so, Walking Phoenix moment. Thumbs up, thumbs yeah, down. I give thumbs, it a thumbs up. Yeah. I will say I give the directing a middle finger. Oh yeah, that's the thing. I give it a middle finger. I give the directing a middle finger. <laughs> I, I actually did want to say because like this is Jeff King again. Uh, he did Cold Lazarus. Yeah. I definitely think Cold Lazarus is stronger than this, but oh, I think yeah. this one suffers a lot because of the directing. Mm-hmm. I think if it had had a better director and editor on hand, yeah. this episode would have. Well, been I don't know how much better. I blame the editor because the editor has to defer to the. Uh, I know director so. The editing is the, edit, the editing is bad, yeah, yeah. but the editor will never know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, but there's a reason I never bothered to list the editor, <laughs> right? Like not not that their skills. Yeah, I do feel let's, like let's, let's just go on record. Not that their skills are not appreciated. No, no. We're just pointing out that editing, as in from a directing standpoint, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the editing directorial. The choices yeah. made were most likely not the That's editors. Because like I was like near the end of this, I'm like, well, it was a good episode. But I'm still left kind of... I, I, I wanted for better almost direction. Almost dissatisfied at yeah. the end. And I was trying to pinpoint why, because I'm like, but this is a good episode, but why don't I feel more... Because it wasn't... And it's because it was really poorly directed. Yeah, it just wasn't told right. So it's definitely still a thumbs yeah. up. But, but it's, it's very like, close to a med just because of how bad the acting is. It's like is. how a C- minus isn't failing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You passed. But it's still a C minus. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's right, and like I said, it's not because of the writing because Jeff yeah. King is a good writer. It's right on the edge between meh and thumbs up for me, and it's it comes all the way. It's all down to the directing. If it was if the directing wasn't atrocious in this, it'd be more strong. But it's still a thumbs up. I think. You know what saves it? The actors. No, oh, yeah. Like if it had been subpar acting on top of it. Wouldn't have been. Wouldn't have been. Cl- what I really savable. appreciate is that ever since Broke a Divide, we've seen all of these actors really take ownership of their characters. Oh uh-huh, yeah! Like since Broke a Divide, we've always had moments where we're like, "Oh, and I love this little scene where you can clearly see that the actor decided to do this right. like, or so whatever." This, this right here is the definition of acting. <laughs> yeah, like it's real. It's just really nice yeah. that like these 
it's still season one, and these actors still have very firm ideas about who their characters are, and even when they're, like, background people and aren't doing anything, they still, like, come up with these decisions for what they're doing, and it's just, yeah, the acting really saved it from going to a meh because of the directing, because like, the directing was so bad. No, it was, it was horrendous. Because even, like, in the middle where it wasn't, like, offensive, like, the ending and beginning, it was still, like, okay, I see you were trying to go for a good shot here, but, but... your <laughs> framing's not great. Nope. Not even, nope. But yeah, but still, it's still a thumbs up, so, you know. It's above tolerable, which yeah. is honestly a, a lot of what we can ask for. It's just, make your episodes better than tolerable, and we're good! <laughs> it's, it's not Emancipation or Brief Candle. <laughs> Sorry, I'm allergic to bullshit. Episodes. Ugh. This thing's so hard there. Yes, God. Did. My entire body just... Well, uh, this should cheer you up. Next week, Yes. we're doing episode 11, Fire and Water. Yay! I was so ready for this episode. I have been ready for oh this episode. My oh my God. God. The uh, moment we hit emancipation, I'm like, please, is it fire and water time yet? Let it be over. <laughs> Give us the good Where stuff. Where is fire and water? Please, I'm begging you. I, I do like how it sounds like a band name. It is. But yeah, so that's next week. We're going to watch fire and water. I'm happy. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. looking forward to my it. My body is ready. I think I'll be more awake then. <laughs> You and me both, man. Today was a hard morning. I don't morning. know why. This morning was, like, at no point was I, like, tired, per se. I just had a hard time getting up. What's that phrase? What's that word? Gumption. I never really had any today. That ener- energized. Yeah. You never I- got that innervation? I like innervation. <laughs> the moment I fe- found that in my head, I'm like, ooh, innervation. <laughs> it's a word now. I'm done. <laughs> okay. So, uh, if you want to get a hold of us, you can find me on Twitter at It's Mel, not Liss. You can find Liss at It's Liss Not Mel, or our podcast Twitter at Point of Origin PC. You can also email us at pointoforigincast at gmail.com, or write something on the side of a tissue box and toss it through the nearest wormhole. You can find links to things we talked about during the show in the show notes. And if you like the show, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Thank you for joining us this week on our incursion through the iris, and until next time. 